a Podcast One production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 11th of February. Thousands of Victorian residents have been forced to isolate and a number of local schools have been closed as the Holiday Inn COVID cluster in Melbourne continues to grow. The hotel, which has now been linked to eight infections, has been evacuated as investigations step up into how the virus spreads so quickly throughout the building. Victorian authorities say they believe a nebulizer may be to blame for the transmission, with a sick resident using the respiratory device, which then spread the infected droplets. Here's Victorian Chief Health Officer Professor Brett Sutton. That mist uh, can then be suspended in the air with very, very fine aerosolised particles. It meant that the virus was carried out uh, into the corridor uh, and uh, exposed the authorised officer, the food and beverage uh, service worker and also the other resident. An urgent health alert has been issued for a number of new potential exposure sites across Melbourne and we'll have more details on this from our reporter on the ground shortly. Meantime, the Australian Medical Association is joining a renewed call from many experts for an urgent overhaul of hotel quarantine facilities around Australia. Epidemiologist Professor Tony Blakely from the University of Melbourne has told the ABC we cannot ignore what is going wrong. We just need to learn from all these little events, a hundred different things that could be happening in series, in parallel, and we need to constantly improve our quality. It's like a complex business operation, just constant quality improvement, finding the glitches, ironing them out. An Australian scientist involved in the World Health Organization's investigations into the origins of COVID in Wuhan believes the virus did originate in China. The team released its findings yesterday with no conclusive evidence on exactly where or how coronavirus started, nor the involvement in any allegations of a cover-up. Professor Dominic Dwyer has told Channel 9, like SARS, it will take years to find out exactly what happens. I think the most likely source is that it came from bats and probably went through an intermediate animal, but whether that's a pangolin or, you know, cat or whatever uh, the virus can replicate it, and then got into humans. I think the explosion in the market, in Hunan market in Wuhan, was really an amplifying event. The virus had probably been circulating for some good few weeks beforehand. Australian experts are predicting it may take up to six years to vaccinate the majority of the world's population with the COVID vaccines, admitting another pandemic is not 100 years away, but just around the corner. It comes as British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says this latest virus will continue to mutate and will have to develop new vaccines with regular booster shots to cope. I think we're going to have to get used uh, to the idea of uh, vaccinating and then revaccinating uh, in the autumn as we as we come to face uh, these new variants. And in breaking news this morning, a 7.7 magnitude earthquake has erupted in the Pacific Ocean near New Caledonia. A marine tsunami threat has been issued for Lord Howe Island and some coastal areas in New Zealand, with Fiji and Vanuatu also on alert. Authorities say at this stage there isn't any need for any evacuations. And an incredible comeback from Nick Kyrgios in the Oz Open overnight. The Aussie tennis star saving two match points to steal victory just in the nick of time. We'll have more details on the five-set thriller coming up shortly in our Sports Wrap. 
Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Thursday morning. Firstly, to Melbourne and health authorities are bracing for more coronavirus cases as the holiday in cluster continues to grow. James Lake is in Melbourne with the latest details on the new list of exposure sites. Thanks, Tash. Yeah, we now have 28 specific locations across 13 suburbs of Melbourne, and that includes the entire Sunbury Square shopping centre northwest of the city. Anyone who was there on Friday afternoon of last week is being told to get tested. Authorities shut down the Holiday Inn Hotel yesterday for deep cleaning and all return travellers were moved to other accommodation. Now, they're all being retested as well and worst case scenario may have to restart their 14 days, even if they were just about to be released. Now, the outbreak has also put hotel quarantine under even more pressure now with nearly a 1,000 staff forced into isolation. And as for the borders, South Australia has been the first off the mark to lock out all residents of Metro Melbourne. And as we just heard, South Australia has shut its border to Greater Melbourne after the latest outbreak. Our reporter Sean Maynard is in Adelaide with more. Yeah, South Australia is now officially off limits to Greater Melbourne again after authorities expressed fears about a rising COVID outbreak with the potential to play havoc with our popular festival season over here. The list of exposure sites has grown with a third worker and former guest lifting the cluster size to eight in Melbourne. Now, Police Commissioner Grant Stevens says those coming here to SA will need to have a very good excuse. So people who are in the greater Melbourne area are in all likelihood, as of midnight, not going to be able to enter South Australia unless they are a returning resident, a legitimate uh, person relocating or based on other exemptions as essential travellers. No word yet on how long this hard border is going to be in place, but authorities have promised to review the situation daily. And despite the unfolding situation in Melbourne, Sydney is relaxing more COVID restrictions from tomorrow as a new voucher scheme aimed at boosting the struggling hospitality industry kicks off. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has more from Sydney. That's right, Tash. Our state is set to bring in another $300 million a month thanks to more COVID restrictions easing from tomorrow. All indoor and outdoor hospitality venues will be able to increase capacity, going back to the two-square-metre rule, while the mask mandate will only stay put on public transport. The four-square-metre rule will still apply at gyms as they're deemed high-risk for transmission of COVID. And remember those vouchers we were promised by the state government? Well, the first lot of them are being handed out from today, with the trial kicking off at the Rocks and in Broken Hill. 500 people are eligible for the pilot Dine and Discover program, with the statewide rollout of the vouchers starting from next month. For the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Peter Switzer from switzer.com.au. Good morning, Peter. The CBA profit report shows that Aussies are becoming stock market punters like never before. Yep. The coronavirus has taken share buying viral as younger and novice stock players have stampeded into the share market. That was a huge conclusion as the CBA announced a fall in profit of 10.8% for a six-month return of $3.9 billion. Yep, it was a fall, but it was miles better than was expected six months ago as we grappled with the worst recession since the Great Depression. And while we might have been worried about the virus, our jobs and our businesses, the bank through its ComSec operation saw 230,000 new accounts opened in only six months. And the value of share trades processed through ComSec 
doubled from $55 billion in the second half of 2019 compared to $110 billion in the last six months of 2020. When you add this share buying on steroids to record house prices, this is the weirdest recession ever. Yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it, compared to what was being predicted last year. The scathing Mm. report, Peter, into the behaviour of casino operator Crown has seen directors heading for the exit doors, while James Packer has copped a big hit to the hip pockets. Yeah, the casino at Sydney's Barangaroo was to be operated by Crown, but an inquiry into the business which found money laundering and links to groups such as the triads has delayed the opening. Now, the Bergen report suggests that a number of directors resigned and the influence of James Packer, the company's major shareholder, should be reduced. Well, yesterday, two directors linked to Mr Packer's private business resigned and these actions reduced the company's share price fall, but but the question remains, will other directors fall on their swords? And could Mr Packer take further steps to depackerize the business or even sell it? The AFR says this fall from grace and the share price slide for Crown could knock Mr Packer out of the AFR's top 20 richest list. Interesting to see what plays out there, Peter. And also this mm. morning, should our compulsory super be raised to 12%? This is interesting. A majority says yes. Yeah, it surprised me as well, Tash. A UMR survey of 1,092 people came up with the conclusion that 71% thought the Morrison government should go ahead with the plan to raise our compulsory super from 9.5% of our pay to 12% by 2025. And that's despite half of those surveyed saying they would rather take the extra super as more take-home pay. Now, that sounds like faulty maths. 71% supporting the more super option, but 50% wanting it as more pay in their pocket. Well, it's not, but it's more a case of, though half wanted more take-home pay, they see it as more responsible to have more super. I bet those who were younger and didn't own a property would have preferred the money right now. I think most of us would, Peter. Thank you. Yeah, without a doubt. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, you were super lucky enough to be courtside to see Nick Kyrgios in action last night. What an absolute nail biter. Oh, it was incredible, of course. You ride the roller coaster of emotions with Nick, and he dug deep into his bag of tantrums and tricks last night to survive at the Aussie Open on John Kane Arena, where he loves playing. It's not even ha- meant to have the best matches, but of course, he's Nick Kyrgios, so he gets what he, he wants in that respect in terms of the schedule. He was playing a Frenchman, Hugo Humbert, doesn't have a high profile. He's no slouch, though, has made it to the fourth round at Wimbledon, ranked inside the top 30, and we know that Nick had close to 12 months off the tour uh, last year. Twice he was a set down against the Frenchman and then faced two match points against him in that fourth set. Somehow he dug his way out of that, took it to a fifth set, then his serve started to find his radar. He managed to win. He collapsed on the court, so emotional getting through to the third round. And he hopes that he might have won some new fans because it shows that he is a fighter. I mean, I know that many people don't think that I have a heart or compete as hard as they want me to compete from time to time. But man, I've been through a lot. You know, I didn't just put my hand in a lucky dip and, and just appear here. You know, I put in a lot of hard work when I was young. He's back on court Friday night, Tash, against the third seed Dominic team, a finalist last year. So that's going to be another huge challenge for Nick Kyrgios at his uh, home Grand Slam. He certainly had a turnaround on a number of fronts, and he's such an incredibly talented player. Good luck to him. Also, Brett, the results weren't so good for some other Aussies playing last night. 
Yeah, it was a case of so close, but uh, not quite for Isla uh, Tomjanovic. I saw this match as well. Playing the second seed, Simona Halep, again a finalist here at uh, Melbourne Park. She took it right up to her, sort of you know, punishing that second serve, and she was leading 5-2 in the deciding third set. I thought she's got this in the bag, but then she started to tighten up, and Simona Halep, such a consistent player and a proven player, reeled off the next five games and won that in three. So Tomjanovic on the verge of her, the biggest win of her career. She hadn't been to the third round of the Aussie Open before, but unfortunately lost. Alex Bolt, he took it up to Grigor Dimitrov in the first set, took that to a tiebreak, lost it, and then fell away after that, as did Bernard Tomic. Uh, he lost his second round match to Denis Shapovalov in straight sets. Now, Shapovalov, that's no disgrace. He's a really good player, but to the way that Bernie went out, raised some eyebrows, especially from John Fitzgerald, the former Davis Cup captain in commentary for Channel 9, he labelled Tomic cringeworthy, Question whether we will see him at the Aussie Open after that straight sets result. Well, Bernard returned serve in his uh, post-match press conference said it was a little bit harsh. You know, of course it is. I mean, but probably the worst commentator I've ever seen in my life as well. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And Cameron Smith, uh, he loves to keep everyone still guessing on what his future may hold. And now a rugby league legend has floated a bit of a left field theory. Love a theory. Yeah, this is from Mark Guyer, a premiership hero with uh, the Panthers, of course, back in 91, and then a, a superstar with uh, New South Wales in, in origin. Now, he believes that Cam Smith might end up at the Gold Coast Titans. Of course, as you said, he's leaving us all in, in the dark at the moment. We're deep into the preseason, so that means it'll be difficult, although, of course, he'll have a natural level of fitness playing for so long. He's still going to be behind the eight ball, whether that's with the Storm if he goes back there or with a new club, the Gold Coast Titans. Well, Mark Guyer believes that he might just wait to see how the Titans' season unfolds. I've got an inkling that if the Titans come out of the blocks in a pretty solid way, I've got a pretty tight feeling that he's want, he wants to be part of that. I think he might want to be part of the Titans. So maybe Cam Smith uh, trains with him, gets his fitness up to scratch. If they start the season well, he jumps in there. If they don't start so well, then maybe he hangs up the boots. Interesting theory. A couple of other live sports to update you with from last night. Melbourne United in the basketball. Six wins to start the NBL season. Beat the Illawarra Hawks by a a few points. And in the A-League, Melbourne victory. Just one win from six. They lost to the Wanderers 2-0 last night in the A-League. Brett, big day in sport. Thank you. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Thursday morning. Partly cloudy conditions expected today for Brisbane with a top of 29. Mostly sunny and 27 for Sydney. Humid conditions expected today with a late shower or two possibly on the way for Melbourne, 34. Mostly sunny and 30 degrees for Canberra. Sunny early in the morning for Hobart with late showers on the way, 26. Adelaide very hot today with a late shower or two expected also on a top of 38 degrees. Sunny and 26 for Perth and a shower or two on the way with a possible storm and 31 degrees for Darwin. And love this story. A Texas lawyer has become an internet sensation after he was unable to remove a cat filter on Zoom. Rod Poynton was using his secretary's computer when the filter popped up during a virtual court session. The video now viewed millions of times online. Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to. Uh, uh, take, take we're a trying look. to. We're tr- can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the- it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's. I'm here live. That's not. I'm not a cat. <laughs> 
I can I can see that. No one's perfect. Uh, Mr. Ponder has told the BBC he is surprised at the global reaction, but he's just rolling with it. In Texas, we have a, a, a phrase: you can't take, you can't put toothpaste back in the tube. And if this was going to become an internet sensation, I just had to laugh at myself along with everybody else doing so and, and uh, roll with it. Oh, bless him. Now, while the judge also saw the funny side, Mr Ponton adding, anyone who has ever struggled with a computer, haven't we all, can recognise that these kind of things can happen. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.